The Tumbling Saber Podcast is a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Connect with us on Twitter and Facebook. Subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts. Visit our base at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Welcome back. It's time for episode 192 of the Tumbling Saber podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm Michelle. And I'm Murray. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. It's it. I thought it was going to be a really quiet week, and for the most part it did. And so Sunday, I took the day off. Mostly, I looked forward to the podcast. I watched Revenge of the Sith and The Force Awakens. And then I went online and I was like, oh, oh, what's this? Resistance Season 2 episode synopsis. These aren't in the show notes, but we're going to talk about them anyway, and we're going to wing it. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I got to catch up with you both. It's been a while. Uh, Michelle, how you doing? I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) That was so timid. Are you sure, Michelle? Yeah, I think think so. (laughs) I want to ask what country you're in right now. I'm in LA. Ooh. Do, do you have a flight in like 20 minutes? No, I just got back yesterday. Good <laughs> day. Yeah, I was in a, I was in San Diego, or like right outside of San Diego all week. Um, in, like near, like it's called Rancho Bernardo, but like near the Escondido area. Uh, I was there for a week and then I got back. Well, like less than a week, five, like five days. Do your dog um, still recognize you? Yes, they do. Okay, <laughs> they they get very, very, very clingy, clingy um, when I come home, which like I totally love them, but I feel so guilty, <laughs> and I I just I I do I feel bad. All well, they the time. know, like they know that when when you start filling up your suitcase for travel. Oh yeah, no, they they, they know. And they, they give you that they, look. You're leaving again. Oh, they, they get they climb into my suitcase. They start like pulling things out of it. <laughs> um, I'm just like, no, I'm packing that, and they're like, no, and then they just like one of my dogs, Kennedy, he'll just like sit in it and like refuse to move, um, which is funny. And then I'm like, dude, I just got all of your hair off my clothes. Like, stop <laughs> in my suitcase. Um, yeah, but like, I try to intersperse. Like, I'm really lucky that I have friends who are really like. Um, awesome and will sometimes dog sit for me which like I always board them at the vet so like they're really close to like the the vet technicians and they like love my dog did you have you ever considered one of those like high-end super classy like dog hotels when you go away because there's one not far from here I saw it being rebuilt and I'm like what what is this what's it was called Hotel Balto and so I I (laughs) I look into it and this place was super posh like they had little Mm -hmm. fireplaces fake fireplaces in the room they oh had my God. flat panel TVs, beds, like you name it, for dogs and cats. And I'm like, I don't really think a dog cares. No, I don't. I mean, yeah, I mean, they, they like those things, but, um, you know, I don't know. It's expensive. It was, it was stupid expensive. It was, <laughs> it was it was like expensive, a... guys. It adds up when you travel as much as I do. But for sure. Um, I mean, yeah. Well, it shouldn't surprise anybody yeah. at this point that the, the Hotel Balto is closed. 
Oh. <laughs> um, Marie, I got, I got questions for you. Okay. <laughs> I, I heard you killed it at at Dragon Con. Yes. Hats off, Marie. Like you you finished way up there. Yeah. Um. So there was. So it starts with the trivia. Starts with a fifty question multiple choice, um, written test, and that it's like no phones, and everyone has to sit a seat apart, and it's really quiet in the room, and everyone's freaking out, and um, I got forty five out of fifty questions correct, and tied with Alex Damon. So. That was pretty sweet. That's amazing. Because yeah. as, as everybody knows, I'm sure, like, Alex Damon is the, the current, the reigning king of Star Wars trivia. Is 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 that accurate? I believe so. Well, if not, I mean, I mean he's we'll there. He's like confirm, but yes, probably. <laughs> if there's a Mount Rushmore of Star Wars trivia, he is on it. Yeah. And now, now you, Marie, you are, you are giving him a also. run for his money. <laughs> amazing. Yeah. So out of the 45 questions that, that you got right, that means you got five wrong. Were you so I, I assume you knew which questions you got wrong? Yes. Any that you kicked yourself for? Or were you like, oh no idea? Um, let's see. I actually have the test in front of me right now. Oh, um, hit, hit me with a couple. I want to see how badly I would do with this. Oh yeah, let's see. Let's test Kyle's knowledge. Do you want one I got right or one I got wrong? Mix it up. Let's do one each. Okay. Here's one I got wrong that I was like, are you kidding me? Um, it not, not that, are you kidding me? How'd I get it wrong? But are you kidding me? How do you expect me to know the answer to this? Um, so the question is, which aid to port administrator Tion Medon inquired whether Obi-Wan Kenobi was bringing additional warriors to the Battle of Utapau? Oh my God. That guy's name? Yup. Holy aid. Is he bringing additional warriors? That's that's I man. yeah, the line I remember the person in the line, but his name. It's only fresh in my mind because, like I said, I watched it today. Is, yeah, is he bringing additional warriors? I think is the line. Yeah, and then Tion Medon says uh, he wouldn't say, but wow, yeah, no, I got, I have no clue what his name is. Is it multiple choice or yes? Oh, okay, go. Okay, A. Toral Blom, B. Jen June. C. Zodu Anglo, or D. Lampe Fay. That is not helpful at all. <laughs> <laughs> C, just to pick C. Yeah, I go. I, I, whenever I am in doubt, I pick C. I always pick C. <laughs> High five, Michelle. High five. Um, the answer <laughs> is D. Oh. Lampe Fay. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I put B. Jen June. Marie. Um, I know. I know. I knew. I knew it was not Toral Blom because he's the governor of Utapal. <laughs> so I knew that. So I'm, I'm Who was, to say... Which one was Toral? Was that C? <laughs> that Toral Blom was A. Oh, okay, good. Because <laughs> I was like. Him. I'm inclined but... to say that there's no action figure of that guy either because I think if there was. It would it would be in the recess of my brain, and once you list off the options, I'd go, "Oh, it's that guy." But I've got like that that none of those names meant a thing to me. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That question was pretty crazy. The yeah. worst question, though, 
was um, a question written only in Orabesh. <laughs> <laughs> Again, multiple choice? Yes, in Orabesh. I-, I would go with C. Let's see. What did Me I too. do? I went with B and it was A. Jeez. Oh, C is Guess failing what me. the answer was? I don't know. Can you read it? Well, the answer was Orabesh. Oh. Dragon Con. <laughs> come on, Dragon what? Con. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh, man. I think we should have some fun with that that test. Yeah. We, we should do that it's sometime. Disturbers. Oh, oh, that would be fun. Oh, that yeah. would be fun. Gonna ask. I was like, do we even still do Sith Disturbers? But well, <laughs> that's just because I'm traveling so much. If and when I bring back the Patreon, um, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> what do you know, Kyle? Nothing. That's the answer. Or we could do like a like a Halloween special or like a Christmas special, or we could do a Rise of Rise of Skywalker. Or conclusion of saga special and answer the questions on yeah. Well, we did nothing mentioned it. Like we did do an episode nine quiz, and that contest was for our patrons open and closed months ago because I wanted to get the answers in. I wanted people to make pure, out of the blue guesses. So the questions for that quiz are I closed up in January, I think. Like I think I want, or maybe even sooner, because there was maybe talk of. Uh, a yeah. Rise of Skywalker teaser around Christmas time, so I'm like, screw it, we're getting in the the quiz before. So I'm looking forward to digging into right. that in a few months from now. Yeah, about that guy. So Marie, bringing it back to you at Dragon Con, crushing it, hanging out with Alex Damon, giving him a yeah. run for his money. Did was he sweating? Did you look over at him and see him uh, a little little bead of sweat on his brow? Um. Well, it, the funny thing was, I was sitting next to a probably about 10 years old genius, um, and I, he was sitting between me and Alex. So, but but I mean, obviously, Alex did really well. He ended up winning, um, but the 10-year-old, I, I he's probably about that age, um, he beat me out on this one question because I did not put a hyphen. Oh. Oh, the, the technicalities. Answer, yeah, they showed a picture and we had to say who it was in the picture. And it was Sifo-Dyas. And I did not hyphenate Sifo-Dyas. Yikes. That's a hell of a way to go down. Yeah, the, the whole crowd, the whole audience was like, no, give another question, give another question. And the, the trivia master was like, we're running out of time. We have to move on. I'm sorry. And I was like, oh, <laughs> it was so sad. The, the Maybe that 10-year-old paid him off. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Corrupt 10-year-olds. I was oh. like, ugh. But, um. I have one more question, and this one I is e- like I think this is an easy question, but I'm just curious um, if we can get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, which planet was Mace Windu's homeworld? Do y'all know the answer to that? I think I will get it once you read me the options. Okay, A 
Vodron, B. Terris, C. Harun Kal, and D. Drongar. I want to say it's the first one. I don't know, man. I'm like torn between A, B, and C. So I'm just going to go C because I'm just going C for everyone now. C got you this time. Nice! C had to Wait, come to right? at some point. Yeah, I feel like it sounded... No, because that sounded right, Harangal. Like, it sounded familiar. And I was like, that one sounds familiar. But also, I just wanted to go with C. because, <laughs> And, you know, there's like three questions. You gotta go with the probability, so... Yeah. True. Yeah. You played that. Yes, you played that correctly, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> no, you gotta hope. I mean, there's four choices, so it could have been D, but like, yeah. yeah. But that was fun, and then my two panels went really well. Is also, um, my uh, Star Wars representation matters panel was a lot of fun, and I it was really great to get audience, um reactions when I mentioned people like Sinjir Roth Velas and That's of course name. Dr. Afra. But yeah, Sinjir Roth Velas, I mentioned him and multiple people were like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is my crowd. <laughs> yeah, I I I I meant I was trying to bring him up last week or the week before and I kept calling him Condor. And I don't know why. Is is that his partner's That's name Condor? His husband. That's Got his it. husband. Yeah. But I was actually thinking of Sinjir because he that that guy is a delight. He should be in more Star oh, Wars. He's so good. But I don't. I, I think the thing is that Chuck Wendig wrote him so well. Yeah. And with Chuck out of the picture, I I don't know if it would be the same with somebody else writing him. Yeah. Anyway. But. But yeah, good. good. No, good to hear that that panel went really well. <laughs> Yeah, and then my LGBTQ relationships in entertainment and pop culture panel, um, I, I was a little out of, out of my element because my thing is like purely Star Wars, and there were people next to me who were authors, and one guy who was an actor, and I was like, whoa. Um, but it was good. It was good. I actually turned on several people to Dr. Afra, so that was cool. Never a bad thing. Yeah. Very cool. I mean, you're killing it lately. You've, you're paneling it up everywhere, both at home and in Georgia. You're crushing the comp- the trivia stuff. Yeah. Way to go, Marie. Thank you. It's exciting. So what is something else exciting? Yeah, yeah. Get this. So the Netherlands now have their hands on Disney Plus on a, on a free trial basis. That's so <gasps> awesome. So cool. So, yeah, they've got it for free for the next two months, I guess, uh, to help Disney work out the bugs and stuff like that. So they don't have the finished product, but I, from what I can tell, people are pretty happy. And just people are posting screen caps of, like, the, the Star Wars menu, and it's, like, sensory overload. Like, I can't wait for the next two months. Like, it's going to be amazing when we finally get our hands on it. But uh, one thing that is, has come out of this, and I think – I saw it mentioned. I saw a little bit of discussion on it, but I think when, when – especially when the U.S. gets it, this will become – a thing, and I think older fans might <laughs> might be up in arms. But I, w- I wanted to hear from you both about how you feel that that the Fox fanfare, that thing that sort of everybody ties to Star Wars, it's been removed from all Star Wars movies that were distributed by Fox, except for A New Hope. Like and, and like I said, so many fans connect that fanfare with the Star Wars experience. So, Michelle, how do you feel about that disappearing now that Disney owns the movies outright, except for A New Hope? 
and that fanfare might be gone. I don't know, man. <laughs> See, I feel like, and that's just, if you, I feel like if you don't have a strong reaction up front, you're like, eh, fine. It's, it's not really like that. It's like, it's like, I feel like I'm torn, like, because at the end of the day, the movies are the movies and, you know, that's the main point is like, I'd rather have the movies and then not have the movies at all For because sure. of fanfare. But then also it's just like, especially with classic movies like Paramount and Fox and like all of those, I feel like an MGM, there's just something so classic about that playing before you watch your movie. And it's part of the experience of like, yeah, watching I it i mean. guess like the, yeah the mgm lion the the universal like yeah sometimes you see like the, 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 the globe logo, the yeah. pixar sign you know dreamworks where they're fishing it's just they're all so classic to me i guess it's like it really depends like i i really like my parents loved movies and so did my my grandparents on my mom's side and my parents and I every week our family event like that we would do was like my dad was always busy I was always busy my mom was always doing lots of stuff and every Friday we would meet up in like Shibuya Roppongi like one of the big kind of places to meet in Tokyo and then we'd all go watch a movie and then have dinner so it was just like it's part of like the fabric of my life so all of those movies and and then and that's not just like if we didn't go out to see a movie we'd watch a movie at home so it was always like when we'd watch the same movies over and over again especially with star wars like it's part of it so um in that sense like there is that nostalgia factor to it but i think it only will bother really like those of us who've kind of have this long-lasting relationship with it and you know at the end of the day like i can let that go like obviously that's sad and it's sentimental and it's important and nostalgic but then you know if i want to see that i can watch my videotapes or my dvd Mm -hmm. and i think what's most important in this situation or in this you know whole thing with disney is that they're ushering in the next generation of fans and i feel like it's not of course it is about the prior generations of fans, but it's also about the future generations of fans. And so I think it's so great that they're going to have all of these things and all of them available to them all in the same place too, which like we didn't really have until recently when everything was on kind of Netflix, but then, you know, there's always that you're not sure. So like everything's going to be available. So I think like, you know, at the end of the day, does it matter? No, I guess not, but well, is it, de- it depends bad on, at yeah. the end of an era? Yeah, of course. Like just, it depends on what kind of score you assign to nostalgia as part of the yeah. Star Wars experience. And for me, like I, I realize that that's the, the nostalgia thing for me is getting less and less important as time goes mm-hmm. on. Like when I watched, I figured this out in in TFA. Like I don't really care. I missed it the first time, but I was like, okay, but we're moving ahead. We're moving into the future here. So like one of the things we talked about. Uh, before TFA came out was was the lack of Fox, Fox fanfare. Like we're like, oh, it's not going to be there. Oh my god! Like it was it was like this uh, mini scandal. Like I thought I'd yeah. care, but I didn't. You know, the like Lucasfilm title card came up. That was more than enough for me. What about you, Marie? Yeah, I mean, I I agree with that. Um, am I? It the other thing I'm remembering, and maybe it's just the medium that I watched it on. But that the THX with that like 
that noise. Oh, yeah, the big... T- oh, t- yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I associate that with it also. Yes, <laughs> it's true. like, from my childhood, there was... I forget which came first, but I guess the THX thing came first. The and THX then, comes first, yeah. Yeah, and then then the Fox fanfare. So it was like this whole lead-up. It was, it was that happened, and it's like, boom, and you're like, whoa, this is going to be intense. And then the Fox fanfare happens, and you're like, oh, man. And then you see the Lucasfilm logo, and it's like, yeah. And then the Star Wars theme. And so it was like this buildup, yeah. which was really exciting. But I get it. I mean, it's it's not going it, to you – know, like Michelle said, you can always pull out those old copies and watch them if you want that buildup at the beginning. Yeah, that, that, that's yeah, well exactly. put because like that was the thing. You'd get – you were always, even though you'd seen Star Wars so many times, you'd still pop in your VHS at the time and get psyched and go, okay, here we go. And then you'd get the THX thing and you're like, yeah, let's go, let's do this. And then the Fox fanfare and you get pumped. And it's, it was just this sequence of things, this check mark, this list of, of stuff before you got to the main event. It'll, yeah. It'll be missed, but yeah, we can go back and watch those old things on old Blu-rays or DVDs or even your old VHS. And uh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure we'll all be fine. Yeah, and the people that are actually going to, like, care about it, like, will have VHSs probably. So, <laughs> you know, if, if you're if you're the if you're the people who are like, ah, it's a nostalgia, ah, then, like, go watch it at home by yourself. Like, it's really not that hard. Like, if you really yeah. care enough about that part of it, it wouldn't be hard to go on eBay and, like, buy a VHS or, like, a DVD or, you know. Yeah, like I, I mean, just, yeah. I really don't want to see, and I know I will. I'm sure it's going to happen, but at some point, somebody will say this is more proof of Disney just stripping away <laughs> like the old stuff, and they don't care about yeah. how we feel, and the old fans are being snubbed, and I, I, I just don't want to hear that. Anyway, we could okay. fall down, fall down a rabbit hole of just smacking people around, but uh, let's not do that. Let's uh, let's check out or check in with uh, Resistance, and I whiffed. I didn't put this into the Facebook group at all. I didn't even know this happened. But um, the the Resistance show and crew won a Saturn Award last Friday for Best Animated Series on TV. Nice. Congratulations. That's a big deal. Yeah. Well-deserved. Well-deserved. And uh, and then, of course, later this week, or on this this Sunday, we got two synopsis. Synopsi? I don't know what the plural for that is. For synopses. Synopses? For, for the first two episodes of Resistance Season 2, the first episode dropping October 6th is called Into the Unknown. Having been launched into space by Kaz and crew, the Colossus is having engineering problems which are made all the worse by a mysterious stowaway. Mm. I, I don't know. I mean, again, we, we are doing this. We're winging this because I just found out about this right before we recorded. And I I don't remember there being a stowaway hinted at in the finale. Uh-uh. So I somebody's on board. Somebody's on board, which is interesting, to say the least. And then the following week, October 13th, episode two, a quick salvage run with the Colossus in need of hyperfuel. Cass suggests they take it from a downed First Order ship. The salvage mission is quickly compromised when the First Order shows up. That's a bad idea, Kaz. (laughs) Very bad idea, Kaz. (laughs) 
And you're not just talking about X-Wings now, like the, you know, when Poe and Kaz went off and did their own little thing, and it was just X-Wings, and they could fly away quickly. I mean, you're talking about a giant ship, so that's like, must be much more difficult to maneuver and get away. I'm sure siphoning gas from a downed First Order ship, which I'm going to assume means a Star Destroyer. Like, if we're, if, if they're looking for fuel for the Colossus... You're going to need something equally huge to fuel it. Like, that's, yeah. This seems like a, a very dicey, like, they're in a dicey situation. So, I guess they've got to make some crazy choices. But that one seems particularly nuts. Yeah. <laughs> but who else to make it rather than Kaz? Yeah, it seems very on brand. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it sure does. You know, we, we talked about Corey and I a couple weeks back about. Uh, the return of the show when we saw the the uh, the trailer and after we were done i was like oh my god we talked about the, this whole trailer we didn't mention tam's name <laughs> what is Aww. wrong with us like some this is somebody who's potentially has the most ex- compelling story for season two yeah and we just blew right past her like she wasn't even a part of the show so no <laughs> marie what are you expecting for for tam um, first off, I do want to say I was, this is going to sound twisted and bad, but I don't mean it that way. I was really excited that she went to the first order instead of going with her friends, because it was such a good plot move mm-hmm. and character development move. Agreed. Like it was such a good story move. And I was like, yay, they took the interesting way. Rather than the, like, yay, heroes, and let's all be good. And it was, like, it was really interesting. And I was like, this is so cool. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I I hope she kind of figures things out and doesn't go all bad. Um, maybe she'll find out what the, the as they call it in um, Black Spire, the book. The Hosnian Cataclysm. Yep. So maybe they'll, she'll find out about that and be like, whoa, wait a second. And, and try to find a way back to our friends. Yeah. I'm glad, but, they, I'm glad they didn't, they didn't chicken out. They took that plunge. They, because often, how often have we seen the bad person go good? And we right. kind of expect that out of Star Wars, but For we don't real. often see somebody flip and jo- join the the uh, the bad guys and she had such good reason to too like it was yeah it's really well done but she's she's gonna they, go back right i yeah i i think so um but it was it was so good because they really did i mean they lied to her and she felt abandoned by them and mistreated and i totally get that so it was definitely good reasoning for why she went quote bad but yeah, absolutely. And I, I just found I, I just for the hell of it, I googled Resistance season two, episode three, and I've got a synopsis for that one too off Reddit. So Ooh. take this one with a grain of salt. <laughs> but it look it sounds it sounds legit. October twentieth, Kaz. It's called Live Fire. Kaz officially joins the Aces, as does Jaeger, who trains them to become better combat pilots. Tam learns what it's like to be a First Order pilot. So you have Ooh. dovetailing plot lines there of, of becoming a pilot. That's kind of cool. 
And finally, there we go. Touching on Tam. That's awesome. Really looking forward to it. This this show is going under the radar. This is going to be like good content as we wait for Disney Plus and The Mandalorian and Rise of Skywalker. People, I think people slept on this show a bit, and they're you got to really watch this. This is a good show. You mean a bit? I think a lot of people (laughs) watch it. (laughs) I think we were in kind of like the people, those of us who did watch it were kind of in the minority for a bit because I think a lot of people, I don't know if they were just like, I think they were just waiting to see what people thought of it. And like after one, like one full season was done and not like one part or the second part, but like the full both parts. Um, and I think they were just trying to see what what the vibe was, but I because the consensus and then the consensus is is it's pretty like great and strong. So um, I think a lot of people are really excited about it uh, this season because they're kind of like, okay, well they've kind of proven themselves. I don't know against what arbitrary sub like subjective bar in their minds yeah. you know that Star Wars people have. that like you know everything has to be kind of like measured against but um you know it's it's consistent it's great it's fun the characters are great I love I the one thing that I love about anything is I always go into any any of the movies trying to be like or shows open-minded and hoping to be surprised because as someone who studies storytelling and um writing and and books and film like it, it's really hard to be surprised by anything for me anymore. Like literally just watched Mission Impossible or Mission No, uh, Men in Black International on the plane, and literally clocked like what was going to happen in the first like five minutes of the movie. I was like, oh, that's the bad guy, and like literally oh. at the end of the movie, that was who the bad guy. Was. It was just so easy. Like to me, it was just I knew from the second as soon as that actor stepped out, I was like, oh, that's him. Like I, I knew yeah. like, it's just so hard for me to be surprised by movies and TV now. So like when a show does something like that, where I'm like, oh, I hope they do this, but they're not going to, they don't have the balls and they actually do do that. And they do push them into the, like push her into the first order. I was like, oh my God, they did it. I was like, yes, yeah. because like, I wasn't expect, like I, I was like, oh, hoping that they would, because there's always that part of me that's like, oh, I hope they take the the interesting route and the interesting part is what happens after the fallout but yeah, yeah i love that it's gonna be so great i'm so excited yeah um all right so let's let's uh anything else on resistance um i just wanted to say pro- one of the things that was really tricky about it is that like so many people don't have cable now and i don't have cable so i had to buy it to watch it Oh. So I had to make that upfront investment. I'm paying however much it was, like twenty dollars for like a, a season whole pass, season. right? Right. Yeah, I think it's nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. So, so I had to pay that upfront and and put my faith in it that it would it would be good. Of course, it was Star Wars, so I was like, of course, I'm going to buy it anyway. But. <laughs> But I had to do that to be able to even watch it. Do they so. stream? Do they? Are they going to make available? I don't know. If, I I should probably just Google this. But are they going to make available like Disney XD episodes like as they air on Disney Plus, or is that going to? Are are we going to have to wait until the season's over for them to 
to transport that, do you think? I, I thought I heard that Resistance will not be available on Disney Plus to start. I thought I heard okay. that. I might be wrong, but I, I, I don't know. I might edit that oh. part out. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that is my feeling, though. I think when networks are involved that have sort of rights to a show, I think that shows yeah. that. I think Disney's just like, okay, we'll let that contract play out and then we move it to streaming. Yeah, but sometimes, um, even though they do that with, uh, with like with cable, they'll have it on only available on cable. But then on the actual like studio or networks website, you can watch. You can stream as right. soon as it airs on cable. You can watch it on the network's oh, website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is why I like. I was just wondering, like, oh, maybe once it airs, like the first time. Then, like, by – I think usually the next day it becomes available on the network's website. So I was just wondering, like, oh, I wonder if it will be available, like, next day on the website. That way that will be another incentive for people to sign up for Disney Plus because mm-hmm. then they don't have to purchase the whole season ahead of time. And then they don't have to also have cable and Disney Plus because, like, what? that would make sense. I don't know. Anyway. It just makes sense my brain but i don't know we would have to google that so <laughs> I'm, I'm far too lazy it's far too late for that uh let's yeah. let's talk about new york comic-con which is just a couple weeks away uh there's four panels happening over the course of the event related to star wars the first one is on friday october 4th at 12 15 it's called these are the books you are looking for 2019's most anticipated star wars books and it's a panel mostly or it's featuring author Matthew Reinhardt and his frequent collaborator Kevin M. Wilson and are joined by fellow authors Chelsea Monroe-Castle and Mark Sumerk to discuss the creation of some of the most anticipated Star Wars books of 2019. Hear how Star Wars The Ultimate Pop-Up Galaxy, Secrets of the Jedi, and Galaxy's Edge, the official Black Spire cookbook, were imagined <laughs> and created. Is anybody stoked for that one? Um, uh, well, <laughs> I feel like the panel title seems a little deceiving. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. who's who's most anticipated Star Wars book? <laughs> what which subjective, arbitrary list person? Like you know, it, I, I, what is it like an IVN? Uh, uh, like a IVN? Like it's like a VI? I don't know. Like um, most. What is like I don't I can't remember the word. It's like a term about like what kind of customer your most ideal customer or like it is. And I was like, these yeah, this... these books seem very specific. Um, so I don't know if it's like the most anticipated Star Wars books as like because I've heard a lot of them and a lot of them aren't on here. So yeah. I thought there were. Yeah. I've got a lot of Star Wars books I'm I'm excited about and they are and not the... part of this panel. <laughs> because the number one star wars book i was looking forward to this entire year was galaxy's edge the official black spire cookbook (laughs) (laughs) like what (laughs) (laughs) and also they did talk about like the star wars ultimate pop-up galaxy book at comic-con at the publishing panel so I mean, yeah. I don't know how, how they would elaborate on what's already out there because it's a pop-up book. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so anyway, kind of a soft start for Star Wars. <laughs> and the NYCC. entire book pops up into a pop-up. 
It that, looks really good. Funny. I mean, I will say it looks, it looks beautiful. Amazing. Yeah. But like how many times can you explain that? No I kidding. No kidding. Well, that, I think that kind of book will speak for itself. But uh, later, later that day on Friday, October 4th, 1.45 p.m., Lucasfilm Publishing, Stories from a Galaxy Far, Far Away. So this is more promising. Uh, the panel's synopsis is, Storytellers from all over the galaxy come together to talk about what's next for Lucasfilm Publishing, including new and upcoming titles, as well as exciting reveals and announcements that will impact Star Wars publishing for years to come. Kevin Scott, J- Justina Ireland, George Mann, Katie Cook, and Zoraida Cordova are all scheduled to appear. Uh, this is another... I mean, I'm excited for this panel, but I feel like this one... like the, It's going to be... like th- These authors all have books that are already out. So they're just going to talk about their projects already out, and I'm that's great. I've liked a lot of the books that these guys have, and gals have written so far. I still have minimal interest on, on, of this panel. What about you, Marie? Well, I Wikipedia'd Katie Cook, and she's an artist. So I was, I, I, she was an artist on a Clone Wars webcomic. So I, I don't know. I was like, what is she doing? I'm really curious. Like, what is she being an artist for this time around? Um, and then. Uh, well, with Kevin Scott and Justina Ireland on the panel, I'm wondering if, and I feel like they already said they're not going to talk about it, but aren't yeah, they not both? Talk about it. Yeah, they're both a part. They're of literally the just probably going to do what they did at San Diego Comic Con, which is like literally bait us the entire panel, where it was like. Well, can you talk about Project Luminous? No, I can't talk about Project Luminous because then I would get fired. Oh, my God. I can't talk about it. Okay, let's talk about something else. Wait. (sighs) So, can you really not talk about Project Luminous? No, I really can't, though. Like, I can't. But but it's it's really awesome. And we can't wait to share it with you guys in in the near future. And it's like, oh, God. Like, when I saw that. Ten minutes is that. Like, that's literally gonna happen and it's really frustrating it's like just don't like do it twice and then once at the end like give us a tiny morsel where you're like you'll find out more at comic-con at this comic-con will actually tell you something like just tell us that and that's fine like you don't need to like be annoying about it yeah like (laughs) i I did a search like i actually did control f and i searched for charles soul's name and i searched for claudia's gray name both came up empty, so I knew right then and there, if they're not at NYCC, they're not talking about... Oh, like yeah. They're, they, they're going to need everybody. When we see all of the authors involved with yeah. Project Luminous together, yeah. then we'll know. But if they're when, not there, they're not talking about it, which is... Yeah. Ugh, it's disappointing. At the first, the first con that they're all, all going to be at together at the same time, that's the one we have to look out for. We have to be like, mm, there might be a secret announcement. Even if they're not on a panel together, I'm pretty sure that like the next the the event where all of them will be at will be when we finally get something because there's no way they're gonna just let like one person tell us. Yeah, like right. I, I wonder at this point, like is is will they announce Project Luminous on its own? Like, will the news drop on a random Thursday on StarWars.com, or is are they gonna <laughs> attach this to Celebration next year, which is August, or at San yeah. Diego Comic Con? Like, that's a long way off. So I, I, I don't know what the plan is for this, obviously, but I, I want to know. 
The one thing that I noticed, so Justina Ireland is writing or wrote Spark of the Resistance, which is coming out later this year. Um, and it says, will impact Star Wars publishing for years to come. So the only thing I can think of is that Spark that of the Resistance has something to do with, um, you know, Project. I mean, obviously it has to do with Episode Nine. But, like, maybe something in it is really revelatory or something? I don't know. But then there's the next panel, which is Join the Resistance. So wouldn't she be talking about that stuff in that panel? So I'm confused. <laughs> I'm a little confused. Sometimes you get the, the the sense that they try to just pad out some panels, both in numbers and in topics, just so that they have a significant presence. When maybe in reality, it's just going to be a lot of, we said a lot but said nothing. Yeah. But anyway, let's talk about the next panel, which is Join the Resistance, uh, Journey to Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. That is on Saturday, October 5th at 1.30 p.m. I think this is the one we're all going to be most excited about. Uh, join authors Delilah S. Dawson, Justine Ireland again, uh, Rebecca Roanhorse, Kevin Shinnick, and Ethan Sachs as they discuss their new Star Wars projects with moderator Ashley Eckstein. Ashley Eckstein! I'm in! Awesome. I'm in! You had yeah. me at Ashley. Uh, yeah. Each story chronicles crucial events that build to the finale of the Skywalker saga in Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, featuring entertainment by audio narrator Mark Thompson. And I just wonder if he's just going to show up like juggling chainsaws or like, <laughs> doing, doing a stand up bit. I don't know. Like that's I thought that was really weird. Featuring entertainment by audio narrator Mark Thompson. But this one sounds interesting for sure. Like I want to get some insights into the books that are coming later this year. And man, I'm 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 so excited for Resistance Reborn. So excited for that. Yeah. And but and you know what what do you think about this? Like obviously with Poe being front and center on like on the cover, it almost seems like like it, the book will be about Poe primarily and about him assuming leadership of the resistance. Mm. That's kind of my my sense of this at this point because when you like, I don't think they're really going to touch too deeply on Ray and Kylo in the book. Like, I think they're going to be like bit players in that book. Um, Finn, I think, is going to have a big finish to this to this story, and Poe, I think, is a bit of a wild card. And luckily, he he ended in the Last Jedi, in this place where he's reasonably in charge of the Resistance. And then um, last week we talked about the possibility, or I think Carlos brought it up, of. Uh, like Jedi Master Leia, and like yeah. maybe she goes down that route. Maybe Leia takes that path in Rise of Skywalker, and it's like, wow, that makes a lot of sense. If she goes down that path, then Poe is wide open to be the the de facto Resistance leader. So that's kind of I'm I'm really hoping to learn a bit more about this book at uh, at uh, New York Comic Con. Yeah. Anything else <laughs> jumping out you jumping out at either of you for this panel? I'm super excited about Allegiance. Mm -hmm. That's the mm -hmm. one thing I'm most excited about because the Mont Calamari and <laughs> Mont Calamari and it's and they're um yeah, it's a comic and so I'm excited about it. Pretty much. You know what? Oh, <laughs> this is such a Mont bummer. Mont Calamari comic. <laughs> My like comic Mont shop, the one that this 2019 has been a terrible year for me in terms of, of collecting. My local Walmart shut down. Uh, my local no. EB Games, which is the Canadian equivalent to uh, GameStop, 
that shut down this weekend. I was like, I was I stopped by. I was boarded up. What? Oh. And now my, uh, last week I got a notice from my uh, comic pull shop that actually delivers my comics to me that they're uh, like closing up. Oh no! It's like what is going on? <laughs> my life is being turned upside down. So now I, I kind of got to shop for another option with uh, with comic books. I don't like this at all, but definitely Allegiance will be something I have to search out physically now because my shop won't be around to provide it. But I'm I'm stoked for that. Definitely stoked. Uh, what else is part of that panel? Who else is there? Uh, Kevin Shinnick. I think that's the sleeper book. Force Collector yeah. by Kevin Shinnick. I think that one's going to surprise mm-hmm. people. I think so, too. All right. So, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think... I was going to say, is there, are there any predictions for new projects? But I guess the big deal, uh, I think we're going to get some confirmation on what's coming next from Marvel Comics, which will need us, lead us to our next topic. Um, nothing's confirmed yet, but it seems pretty pretty much a done deal that the uh, the, the Star Wars main title from Marvel is, is ending with issue 75. And so I think we'll get an announcement of that at New York Comic Con. But w- what also came out last week is a rumor on Reddit, that two ongoings will take its place. One called Star Wars Saga, and the other called Empire Ascendant. And that was leaked by Jedi Paxis, who was the same person responsible for the recent Rise of Skywalker plot leaks. And people put a lot of stock into what Jedi Paxis says, so I think we can be pretty confident if we want to go ahead and speculate on this. So, Marie, first of all, what's your? how do you feel about this run ending? Well... I feel like it would have been really odd for it to skip over Empire Strikes Back, but I like what you had said about having other storylines going on during Empire Strikes Back, but it looks like we're not going to have that. So that's sad, because that was a cool idea. (laughs) Um, But I... I mean, I get it. I get it. I just, I wish what, mm, I think it would be cool to to stop stop it with a a perfect wonder, kind of like a Rogue One lead up to A New Hope, where it was literally minutes before A New Hope started. Um, So lead us up at the end of this arc, minutes before Empire Strikes Back. That would be perfect. And then. I really want the story between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Absolutely, I want that. So, so I, I want that so much. Yeah. But you're right. I it, don't it, know. It doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like we're gonna get it, at least not right away. I mean, Star Wars Saga might do it. Like I I I'm thinking that maybe Star Wars Saga is a type of ongoing that it does a line. It's a line of like one-offs or maybe mini arcs that jump all over the timeline, telling stories about different characters from across the saga. Like, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, we have we have so many little things in canon that we don't have answers to yet that we would love to get the story to. So maybe yeah. this ongoing is a way to plug a bunch of holes in the dam that we don't have answers to yet. Um, and an example of that would be between Empire and Jedi. Where did Luke get it? Get the crystal for his green saber? Yeah, that could be a good story to tell. Yeah, or, uh, or, or going back in time. This you know because I watched uh, Revenge of the Sith today. Uh, the moment that Padme discovers that she's pregnant, like what went through her head? Ooh. 
I'd love to know what she thought. Was she happy? Was she comp- did she panic? Did did she tell anybody? You know, th- I'd love to see what what happened with Padme. To talk about an undersold character in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. What happens when you find out that you are carrying the child of the chosen one? Like that's that yeah. to me is a good story to tell, and maybe this this title is a good place to tell it. Uh, I don't know. Oh, sorry. I just wanted to say real quick. Um, I don't know if if they might do something, but it would also this would be a good place to tell um, how Maz got the lightsaber. Oh, yeah, that would be a fantastic opportunity to tell that. I don't think that needs to be told on screen. Right. That could be a, that could make a great comic. Yeah. Oh man, that'd be perfect. And I, it could also like lay groundwork for some of the Disney Plus shows, like if the, if this title goes on for, you know, for for three or four years, we when I say groundwork for Disney Plus shows, I'm you know I'm thinking beyond Mandalorian, Cassian Andor, Kenobi, maybe they start plugging or start uh, seeding some of the storylines in that in in that story, so that when it goes to Disney Plus, we're at least a little familiar with it. Yeah. Or or maybe they're just they're gonna work towards uh, leaving the Skywalker era completely, as we head towards twenty twenty two with Benioff and Weiss, and and later on with Ryan Johnson. Maybe it maybe the Star Wars saga allows them to just do an ongoing forever, but they they can tell any story from any era, based on any uh, trilogy. Yeah. What, what about you, Michelle? Where are you where's your head at with this one? Um, I don't know. I don't know if I really have much more to add. Fair enough. Or or maybe maybe uh, how about Empire Ascendant? And this. Uh, oh no, I'm really excited about that. Yeah, that one sounds pretty cool. Be like again, like like um, Marie was saying, like we're heading up to Empire's fortieth. It makes sense that Empire is going to be used a bit more in naming conventions throughout mm, yeah. whatever story they tell. But the Empire is fully ascended by this point of the storyline, yeah. right? So I I don't get it. I don't know what this is. I don't I wonder if maybe we go back towards where Charles Soule left off with Vader and we see the Empire building up further from there. Ooh, I, I don't, that would be cool. I, I have no takes. I have no takes on what Empire Ascendant could be aside from that. Or it could be a whole series of devious palpatine machinations all the way from when he was younger to up through like the prequels oh i love that that would be awesome i love that just because perfect timing for the movie perfect timing because for sure we are going to have a million questions about palpatine for better or worse after rise of skywalker i think we're going to be asking a lot of questions as a fandom yeah, and it would make sense that they would do a story, like a some sort of storyline, like one of the comics would do a Palpatine storyline, like because that he's coming back and like this is all going to happen and we're going to have so many questions and they're probably not going to answer all of them in the movie and yeah, so I think you know we're going to want to know a lot of things and they're going to make a line of comics based on that. That would be cool. I, yeah, I, I love that idea. Love it. But for me, yeah, for me, Empire Ascendant, that means 
that really that screams to me and i'm i'm open to being wrong that it just means that this is happening between episodes three and four yeah there's still a lot of ground to cover there i don't know if i like i, I i'm excited I'll, of course i'm gonna i'm gonna pull this series but yeah whatever I, no complaints no complaints not yet anyway <laughs> Of course, speaking of Palpatine, I'm still hoping for E.K. Johnston's young adult Palpatine novel. That would be real. Have you heard about how she really wants oh, to write? Oh, yeah, she wants to write that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell me more. I did not know about this. Yeah, she wants to write a young adult Palpatine novel. And she huh. says that at every panel you go to that she's on... And people ask, what would you like to write next? And she always says that. Interesting. And that would be so cool. <laughs> well, she, she really did a great job with Palpatine in Queen's Shadow. Yeah. She yeah. really did. So I, maybe she just has a good read on the character and knows how to voice him in, in print. So I've been, so, so, I mean, I, I'm far from alone. So many of us have been screaming for for more Palpatine content. And of course, Rise of Skywalker will deliver. Like, again, we're going to have many more questions about this guy. Oh, yeah. So there's going to be a lot of opportunity to uh, to flesh that character out. I don't know if it's going to work out, but uh, you know what? It's it's their character. They can do what they want. Now, I'm, I'm here to uh, read all the explanations. Yeah. All right, so let's jump into our review section where we're going to look at two of the comics from Age of Resistance, which which recently focused on a couple of major First Order villains. Uh, neither title is Kylo Ren, but he did play a pretty pivotal title in both. Uh, so the first comic that we'll talk about is Age of Resistance Hux, and I thought this was far better than it had any right to be. Like, I, yeah. al- I always think of Hux as this caricature of a villain in the sequels mm-hmm. like he's just the bad guy who's bad for the sake of being bad and he's there's just no bones about it he is the mustache twirling villain but this issue it did a good amount of work to change that perception perception a little bit and like not in the way where you necessarily get asked to sympathize with them but they i think they built some nuance into the character so marie what what was your take on this issue Oh my goodness. Um, I really, really liked it. I liked how how he was so devious, but I didn't know he had it in him to lie and deceive so fully in that way. Um, he just seems like you said straight up bad, but he was acting so kind and and helpful and like he said um where is it he said we're working to bilsma the alderanian guy that they ran into um he said we're working on something something that will finally bring peace and order to the galaxy and he says it with this like happy smile on his face not a mean smile on his face and then when bilsma has his head turned there's this great panel of his face and his face is just like this evil smile. And it's so good. Yeah, like he, he turned off the raging lunatic for a sec. And he, he turned on this like manipulative charm. So yeah, yes. B- Bilesma was this runaway. He was an Alderanian palace guard. So he's wearing that, that 
classic uniform that we see throughout the trilogy. And he's, but he's now he's just this white bearded old man. He's living on this jungle planet by himself with these Norwood creatures. And, uh, yeah, yeah he, like Hux is just speaking to this guy in, in vague terms about the Galactic Civil War. And he, he kind of earns Bilsma's trust. Like he, then he, he refers to Kylo, who's with him, as Ben. Like he just, yep. I don't know why that makes a difference. I guess Ben is just a more relatable name. But yeah, he calls him Ben because Bilsma would have no, he seemed to be cut off enough that he'd, he'd have no idea who Kylo was anyway. But then he, he introduces him and says, oh yeah, that's, you might recognize this guy. This, he's he's the uh, daughter of the princess of Alderaan. And he's like, oh my God, I can totally see it. And he's like, I knew his grandfather and, or yeah, I knew his grandfather and his mother. And And Hux is like... Yeah, he's uh, he's a lot like her, though he won't admit it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then when he when Kylo wakes up because he's knocked out at the time when it, by the Norwoods when he wakes up he's like Ben what and yeah, is like, so why are you confused. talking to me that way or talking about me that way? Yeah, but Hux is just like you know I've got this covered. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, they just want to use the communications array on on Bilsma's ship to radio the First Order for help. Of course, once you know they they do get the guy's trust because they never. Huck, it's it's and it's great writing, done by I think Tom Taylor wrote it. Um, he never yeah he's careful to not show the, the, uh, Hux's cards to Bilesma about where he's from or who he's aligned with. Yeah. So. Bilesma just thinks, oh, these the war's over. These guys must be the, the 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 good guys who won. They're being nice to me. I'll trust them. And it's it's terrible, man. Like the first order comes back to pick up Hux and Kylo, and they just lay waste to the, to the guy's life, <laughs> just like that. Yeah, so cruel. And they that panel was so good when because you knew it was about to happen when that door went down and he sees stormtroopers and he's like what <laughs> that was insane and there's and there's nothing he can do and his right. life is just gutted right there they shoot all of his his norwood pals and they and then yeah. they fly away leave him there by himself and say yeah we'll use this uh this planet as target practice when star killer's ready and it's like oh you jerk so like yeah. ju- just when you think you're getting another side to hux mm-hmm. he just goes like he goes back to full on cruel just just he's just bad he's just not nice <laughs> yeah and i guess you know it goes back to his childhood because like, we right. knew it from aftermath that he was treated like dirt by his father but mm-hmm. also like and that, that this, this was a great scene as well because you see a young hux he may have been like what 10 or 12 or 8 maybe who knows but his father is berating him and one of the older officers says ah tell him to uh, make make him lick up that spilled what drink whatever it was and the dad's like, yeah, lick it up. It's like, oh, man, you animals. Yeah, yeah. He leans down. Hux leans down to start to lick it up. And then his father's like, what are you doing? You're, you you know, like, try to be better than this. And Hux is just really confused. Yeah. It's, A very uh... confused child who is horribly abused emotionally and and this is where you might 
be tempted to sort of start caring about Kylo and go, oh, he's just he's just abused. He's a good boy. What could have been if he was treated properly? And I guess it's a fair question to ask. But uh, yeah, I mean, Star Wars has been doing that for, for a few years now. And I, I don't know how much more patience I have for it, which maybe isn't the right word. Uh, but it's like, stop, I don't need to sympathize with these guys. Yeah. And yeah, he's just he's just pounded into his head. You're useless. You're worthless. You can't do anything right. And uh, that that sort of builds up an, a thicker skin for, for Hux as he, you know, he's not strong. He's not overly respected, but he is conniving and he is devious and he's super evil. And he uses that and he says, I'm patient. I'm not weak. I'm patient. I'll, I, I will outlive all of you. I think that's, that's yeah. yeah. So later when he, he tries to uh, uh, correct or <laughs> correct, he tries to uh, confront the person who sabotaged he and Kylo's shuttle, that's kind of what he says. I'm not weak. I'm patient. And I'm going to outlive everybody in the First Order. And he mean, he's specifically talking about Hux, uh, sorry, uh, Kylo and Snoke. And he's he's going to have full control of the First Order. Yeah. Yeah. And, but we do get, we get uh, like more of the full-on antagonistic relationship between Kylo and Hux. Yes. Oh my goodness. When, okay. One of my favorite lines in this was when Huck says to Kylo with your petulant tantrums and your dot, 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 Vader wore his mask because he couldn't breathe without it. But you, you just played dress up to hide the faces of your rebel scum parents. Whoa. And I was like, what? Oh my god! Like <laughs> That's pretty harsh. So bad. And then Kylo um then um Yo Hux is like, but you can't kill me because Snoke would find out. Ha ha ha. And it's like, what? But like it, it's interesting reaction by Kylo though. Like he didn't seem to like the shade being thrown at Han and Leia. Like he ignited the lightsaber and he was holding it to to Hux's throat. And that's when, that's when Hux is yeah. like, yeah, you can't kill me. Snoke would find out and he'd be really pissed with you. But yeah, that reaction kind of betrays Kylo's behavior a little bit in that, you know, he uh, maybe there's there's a little affection for his parents still buried in there. Which but, will come up again in the Snoke comic. Absolutely. Uh, and then, of course, like we talked about back on Starkiller, uh, Kylo and Hux having an audience with Snoke about punishing that saboteur. And Kylo tells Snoke that Hux is useless, repeating that that he's useless again, only looking to take Snoke's place. And I thought that I saw that as such a great line, and it it did two things. Like it calls back, of course, to the first pages of the book where Hux is a child; he was totally emotionally abused. Um, but it, it like I guess what I'm getting at is like we we don't know. Like, does did Kylo? want to take over as supreme leader at that point because hmm. hux is saying like i think that does no hux no kylo tells snoke right kylo tells snoke that hux wants to take over mm-hmm. he wants to kill you and me and he, he wants to lead the first order and like maybe kylo was planning that the whole time and he's just trying to get snoke to focus more attention on on uh, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Kylo, <laughs> Kylo is trying to focus Snoke's attention on Hux. And I don't know if that's 
an, an attempt so that Kylo can can go about becoming supreme leader with less uh, suspicion, or if that's if it's just a coincidental line, I don't know. But it, but it echoed there, yeah. and, and I really like that. Yeah, I I almost feel like he didn't make that decision until that instant that when that that instantaneous moment when Snoke asked him to kill Ray. I almost feel like he decided then. Yeah, my that's yeah. There was a, a discussion going on in a Facebook group this past weekend about um, yeah. What what did he do in that moment? Was he doing it to save Ray because he loves her? What was his deal there? And I always saw it as he saw an opportunity. Yeah. Where Snow could kind of let his guard down a little bit, and he's like, "Oh, I can become. This is it. I can become top dog right here." And Ryan Johnson, I think, has said that uh, Kylo Kylo decided in the elevator up that he was going to kill Snoke in that mm. room. And so yeah. when he sees Ray, uh, you know, when he when the whole thing got set up like that with, you know, I I see the saber turning, blah blah blah. I I always saw it as a power play that he went to go and, and saw the opportunity to grab that uh, brass ring and become supreme leader. I didn't think it was anything other than that, but lots of people have a different opinion. Yeah. The other, the other thing I want. I have to the same opinion that. as you, Kyle. All right. Well, I guess we're three for three here. <laughs> <laughs> like I wasn't surprised at all when he killed him. I was like, oh yeah, no, I definitely see that happening. And then it happened, and I was like, yep, I, I saw that happening. Yeah, like once you see the saber turning towards towards Snoke, you're like, oh my god, this is this is happening. <laughs> what is this? Again, huge moment, Marie. I just wanted to say that, so once, so when Kyla Snoke and Hux are talking and then Hux leaves the room, then Kylo's like, why do you keep, um, why, ask Snoke, why do you keep Hux around and, and says those things about Hux, then Snoke's response is so brutal. He always says, men like Hux are useful, men consumed with ambition, fueled by spite pups who are abused often become vicious creatures but they never forget where they came from and they never forgive yeah that was fantastic and i was just like oh my god and it's i mean it's obviously reminiscent of the rabid cur line from yes last jedi last jedi yep yeah okay the the rabid cur line but um yeah, that was just brutal. And I was like, man, nobody treats Hux well at all. <laughs> no, he's, he's got, he, there's nobody who respects him. <laughs> and then in um, the the Last Jedi novelization, they go into so much detail about the senior officers of the First Order how they were all around when the Empire was around. And so they see him also as super not respectable. And they're all against him. And he, I, how did he end up getting, so, of course, he killed his father with the help of Phasma likes him. That's what it is. Yeah, I guess he, he's well connected and he knew the right people. And of course, Snoke recognized his ambition and his militancy and, and probably helped him along a little bit. Yeah. 
So how, how do we see Hux's role playing out in Rise of Skywalker in, in light of this issue? Like, personally, I don't I don't think there's a, a single redeeming quality about this guy. Like, I, no. I, for me, I see him in, in Rise of Skywalker just being worse than ever. Like, I think for all intents and purposes, Kylo is supreme leader, but I think Hux will have his his hands on the wheel of the First Order. He'll be ordering around the, the, the military. And I think he's just he's going to be crazy out of his mind looking to destroy the resistance again yeah i want another star killer base speech that thing was intense yeah i hope we get back to that like just the the raging lunatic yeah they i mean they did make him a bit of a punchline in in the last jedi which i got good laughs out of but i think yeah, yeah. he needs to be that credible threat again uh yeah like i i, I I fully expect that uh, – I expect Hux to kind of follow up on as- aspects of his character that were outlined in this book and that will get payoffs for him being patient and like the conniving and ambitious, the cruelty, all that stuff I want to see come like kind of full circle in Rise of Skywalker. And maybe he'll, maybe he'll make his own power play against Kylo because we, we all want to know how this First Order falls apart. And a lot of people think First Order will fall apart from within. And with Kylo sort of unhinged and probably mostly focused on Rey, maybe it's going to be easier for Hux to take control back from from Kylo. So I I hope we get to see that that guy in Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, yeah, I I really enjoyed this book. Like I've, I've been taking a pretty scattershot approach to this Age of series. And Hux is not... uh, not a character that I initially would have thought that I would jump on the title for, but when I saw people saying, hey, this is a really good issue, I followed in and, man, it's it's one of the better issues out there. Yeah, it was, I really liked how they, they went and showed his childhood along with, like, just all different facets of his personality. I thought that was super cool. You know, now that I'm like, thinking about it, I wonder if... Most of these issues I, that I've read, I haven't, I've maybe read, I wouldn't even say half of the Age of series, but they've all been pretty good. And I, I wonder if, if it, the response has been good enough to them that this is the approach that they're going to adopt for the Star Wars saga issues. Yeah. They've just decided would... to expand this. Yeah. I think, I think that would be really cool. Yeah. One thing, con- general general comic thing um, that I would like to see is I really enjoyed the Mace Windu short run series, and it was promoted as like, God, I can't remember what exactly it was called, but it was it had a title before it was a title colon Mace Windu, so it made it seem like there would be other. Oh yeah, you're right. Types of yeah, other it, it made you Jedi. think that there was going to be like an issue about Yoda or an issue about Ila Sakura yeah. or whatever. Yeah, like I would really like a, a short run series about Ayla, a short run series about Kiati Mundi or Plo Koon. Like that would be really cool. I I could use some extra Shakti in my life. Yes, she's my I think my the, the one Jedi I want explored more. I, I know we know a lot about a bunch of Jedi, but we don't know a lot about her at all. 
I think, in fact, yeah. I think like the only time we really get to spend time with her is in that arc of the Clone Wars where I forget which one, but he, he discovers squad. Which, no. whichever I'm, I don't know the name of the arc or the, the trooper, but when they discover the truth about the, uh, the chips in their head, that was, Oh, that one. Yeah. Five. Uh, fives. It, no, I think it was fives. Yeah, maybe. Watch me be totally wrong. But I know the droid's name was AZI-3. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> Is that a trivia question? Um, it's one I wrote for myself to study. Cool. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, the only time we spent with Shaq T, and I, I could really go for some more, to be honest. Yeah. Anyway, um, the next issue we'll talk about is Age of Resistance Snoke. And I, I remember when this was announced way back earlier this year. And people started freaking out because, oh, we're going to get Snoke backstory. As if, like, backstory is the most important thing ever. <laughs> like, it's cool. But let's, I mean, there's a limit to how useful and how important backstory is. But anyway, people wanted to know. Yeah. They thought this issue was going to tell us everything about Snoke's life. Turns out, you can probably <laughs> have a debate as to whether or not Snoke was actually the, the, the lead character in this issue. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely more Kylo. I think. I I thought so too. At least, at least it was a fair split. But anyway, the the, the preview pages that came out online before the issue dropped, like that, those got people talking. And man, I think that probably spiked sales for this issue. If if that actually happened. <laughs> but the the issue starts with Snoke training Kylo, and he's filling him with fear. And and using that fear in turn to feel anger and his power, blah, blah, blah. But some of the imagery in that opening scene is super familiar because Snoke is holding Kylo out over a cliff in the same way that Snoke holds uh, Rey with the Force mm. in The Last Jedi. Yeah. And then he Snoke drops him off the cliff and he's falling down. There's spikes at the bottom. And Kylo catches himself with the Force at the very last second. His face is inches away from these lethal spikes and and snoke tells kylo that uh yeah i would have let you die if you didn't catch yourself i was gonna let you die and yeah he, that, and that's where they that's and he he sort of differentiates differentiates himself from luke in that spot where he says yeah skywalker would have caught you but no I, I i need you i need to break you so that you can reach your full potential i need you to be able to to do this on your own and so that was that was a pretty that was a pretty good way to open the book and then from there, we head to Dagobah, which was, I think, the aspect of the story that got everybody freaking out. And and Snoke wants Kylo to kill his past. And he's giving Kylo the business about wearing the helmet. And I, I think, like, like what we saw with the Hux issue, these issues lean really heavily with with what's been established in The Last Jedi. So it, it's it's reinforcing those those story points where Snoke is just all over Kylo, just manipulating this guy all over yeah. the place. But what's your take on them being at Dagobah? Um, one thing I thought was really interesting is that when he goes to the Dark Side Cave, that when, well, when Luke went to it, Yoda said that when you go into the cave, you on, you only take what you, I'm sorry, you go in with only what you take with you 
or like what's inside is only what you take with you. And then Snoke says to Kylo that what's inside is only what you've been too weak to bury. And so I'm like, okay, well, Yoda was focusing on self-reflection and learning. And then Snoke was focusing on power and denial. So I was a little like interesting because there's that whole thought that Snoke wants an apprentice who's super conflicted between the light and the dark. So whereas you would think burying something isn't any good because it could possibly rear its ugly head again, that perhaps he wants him to only bury it because that would keep him unstable and unbalanced. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's an interesting take on it. I hadn't considered that, but yeah, because he well he he gives Kylo the business too in in the Last Jedi about being unbalanced. Like when he after he killed Han, he's like, yeah, you were unbalanced, and then beaten by a girl who never held held a lightsaber. And so it, it, from that regard, it seems like he wants Kylo to be full evil. But yeah. you can't put it past him. Like, you know, one day he tells him this and one day he tells him that. Like, I'm, I'm sure yeah. he's messed with Kylo six ways from Sunday. Yeah. One, one of the things I liked is they step off the shuttle and uh, Kylo can still feel Luke's presence there on Dagobah after all those years. Mm-hmm. And my brain right away went to um, when Leia sensed Maul's presence on Naboo. Oh, Yeah. So there's, I don't know if that's like a universal force power or that's just something that Kylo can do like mom, that he's, he can sense force users in a place, even though that they haven't been there in years. And this is 30 years at, or 25, 30 years after Empire Strikes Back. So that's, that's interesting stuff. And, and it made me speculate briefly in my head, if part of Kylo's story in Rise of Skywalker will involve him. Similarly, feeling Anakin on Death Star Two, if he, if, you know, if he, if he if he could feel his uncle on Dagobah, can he feel his grandfather on Death Star Two? And the, the truth That's about cool. what happened. And I, you know, oh I, my goodness! I, I don't know if the, I don't know if the comics and the movies are that tightly interwoven, but maybe Tom Taylor's. Is that his name? I think Tom. I, yes, I, I should know. Yes. Yes. Maybe that's a maybe that's something he's hoping for, and if it doesn't pay off, well, it's it's you know no harm no foul, but that would be something if it paid off that way. That would be too cool. And there's a cool Love that. there's a cool dynamic to this issue where uh, Snoke calls Luke one of the most formidable Jedi, and Kylo's like, "Why are you talking about him that way? Like, why do you talk with about Luke with respect and fear?" And Snoke says, well, because he's earned my respect and fear. And it takes me back to my old headcanon that Luke and Snoke knew each other pretty well mm-hmm. and not necessarily as adversaries. Yeah. Like, I wonder if at some point Snoke had sidled up to Luke and got into his good graces and they were allies and, and sharing stories at some point. Like, somehow Snoke found out that Luke trained on Dagobah. Either to me, either Luke told him, or Luke told Kylo, who told Snoke. Yeah, that's a good point. But there's pl- plenty there to play with. with. All that, yeah, for sure. 
And then the, the, the cave sequence that we talked about, it, 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 ver- it really mirrors Luke so much. Mm-hmm. And Ky- Kylo kills that vision of Luke that he's got. And, and like Snoke is out there goading Kylo the whole time, feeding that idea that we saw in The Last Jedi that Luke wanted to kill Kylo, which is not true, except for that brief second where he's like, ah, I can end this. Oh, boy. I thought about that. That's <laughs> that's a bad thought. Yeah. But Snoke is just feeding that momentary lapse on Luke's part, and he's using it to warp Kylo more. It's it, so, so well done. And then he, there's there's that Snoke voiceover how he senses Kylo's conflict and he's pushing him to kill the connection, whatever that means. And uh, Kylo destroys the fort, the tree, like the Dagobah cave with the tree inside is done. He destroys it, which is just nuts. And of course, it's he he's being, I guess uh, Han and Leia appear as visions, right? Which yes, which really tugged at your heartstrings. Like they they both appear as ver- younger versions of of themselves, and they're telling uh, Ben like your name is Ben, you are part of our family, and you are loved. And you could just see you could like the 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 line art is really great in the book too because you could it it really plays on Kylo's insecurity and his his conflict. But he's he gives in to Snoke like he's he's always willing to do what snow constructs him to and he he goes and he lashes out and destroys the cave which was nuts to me but i'm this is the way i saw it and i want to make sure it's how you saw it too that he doesn't attack his parents yeah he attacks the tree absolutely he goes he slashes the crap out of those roots but does not slash out at his parents. And the whole time Snoke is like goading him on and like, you're doing awesome. And, and you're doing all these, you're being dark and it's wonderful. And it's as if Snoke is completely blinded to the fact that he avoided his parents. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I I think it's a, it's really relevant to the issue that Kylo did not, lash out at Han and Leia. And you and that carries forward to and, and I think it makes sense too because you see how how we we know how conflicted he was when he killed Han. Yeah. So I think it's clear at this stage of the of, of the story Kylo was not yet in a place where he could do that. Like he probably wasn't emotionally ready to kill his parents. He had to work his way up to that. So I guess the easiest thing to do in, in instead is to destroy the connection to the Force Vision destroy the tree, blow up the cave, which he does. So yeah. There's, there's no more forced cave on Dagobah. And Snoke's like, hey, man, that was, that's been there for thousands of years. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually, I almost read it com- like comedically. Yeah. But it, it's another angle of, of Kylo playing with the whole killing the past thing. And, and yeah. Then, you know, he, Snoke says, uh, I was, I was going to bring future apprentices here. And Kylo says, you won't need any more apprentices. Yeah. So it's, it's, he seems convinced of himself at that point. He's like, yeah, I'm badass. I did it. And I'm full yeah. dark. Of course, he's, he's not. Maybe never will be full dark. <laughs> but anyway, this issue was supposed to be about Snoke. So what did we learn about Snoke, Marie? Um, well, one thing, and, and I said this a second ago, but I just want to reiterate, 
Um, one thing we learn about Snoke is that something about Kylo blinds him to what Kylo's deepest intentions are. And I don't know how, because he didn't see it when Kylo killed him. He didn't see it that that was what was about to happen. He saw something completely different happening. And then this time around, he acted like Kylo killed his vision parents, but he didn't. And it's like, Snoke, what is up with you, dude? Like, why can't you see what's coming with your apprentice? So maybe he's not as all-powerful as we are led to believe he is? Yeah, maybe. Absolutely maybe. And maybe that's why this guy... You know, people freak out all over the place. Of like, we don't know anything about Snoke, and it's the, the worst thing ever was killing him off before we learned anything about him. Maybe he's just not that important. Maybe he's yeah. just not that powerful. Yeah, he's a stepping stone for Kylo. He's a he's he's a plot piece to get the story moving. Like full stop. There's maybe not much to the character. Like yeah. if, if I could learn more about Palpatine's past or Snoke's past, of course we live in a world. Wh- why not both? But if I could only choose one, give me Palpatine. I'm way more interested in learning about him in his younger days than I am about Snoke. Yeah. I am still interested in how he met Kylo. But I I feel like this issue gave me more questions than it did answers. Because I'm still left with the questions of who is Snoke? How did he get his mitts on Kylo? And why can't he see what's ha- going to happen? So I just I've, I have so many questions. And I'm like, this was supposed to give me answers. Yep. So we, we all thought I, we'd, we'd get some <laughs> answers. But we, we I mean, we got a great issue. I, th- I think this was a good yeah. issue. I just oh, yeah. I, I don't know how much it was necessarily about Snoke. Right. Because we pick him up and put him down basically in the same place we've always known him. Yeah. We're, we're just hammering those uh, almost like the same beats that he, he speaks about in The Last Jedi and TFA. Th- th- those are just reinforced. I don't know that we necessarily cover new ground with Snoke. And yeah. for me, like I, like I mentioned before, like it, maybe, it makes me think that maybe he and Luke were allies or partners at one point. But that's pure headcanon. That's, yeah. That, there's nothing for me really to go on. Um, and I don't think one one thing this issue, I guess, reinforced for me was that I don't think Snoke is really, and I already said this, but he, that he's all that much more powerful than any other Jed, any other any Jedi before him, like hovering Kylo over the cliff. Any Jedi could have done that. And sensing Kylo doing certain things, sometimes incorrectly in the cave, like any Jedi could have done that. So I don't. And like he got, of course, in Last Jedi, through the hologram, he was able to. Um, Body hold... slam Hux? Yes. <laughs> but Vader 
didn't he force choke someone over a phone call? Poor Admiral Ozzel. Yeah. So, of course, he was a chosen one, but he also was missing a bunch of his power because he was limbless. So, I just, I don't, I don't think Snoke's all that super picky. You know what? It won't take me much to uh, to, to convince me of that. I'm I'm kind of I'm pretty much there with you. Like yeah, I remember Andy Serkis talking about Snoke before the Last Jedi, and he's like, oh, he's got this. He's just terrifically powerful, and he's got these he's horrifyingly powerful, something like that. I was like, whoa, man! Like, what is going to happen with this character? And then he didn't really do a whole ton. Like mm-hmm. he's he, when he when he zapped Kylo with the Force Lightning, that was pretty quick and powerful. Like, he really slammed him with that force lightning and knocked him on his butt. I don't remember there being anything that was like, wow, look how powerful this guy is. Mind probing, yeah. that's, a, that's a thing that's been done. Maybe maybe Snoke is better at it because he seems to be able to go into people's heads. And, and, of course, he's got that blind spot with Kylo, but he pulls out yeah. everything from Rey. Even that's true. Including yeah. where, where Luke is hiding out. Yeah. And I think he's done that more effectively than anybody else but yeah i don't know and i i think part of you know when, when you look at snoke and he's what seven eight feet tall <laughs> i just yeah. that choice i don't know that's a weird choice to me to do that because now like at that size it's almost like it's almost it's like intentional to the point where it's like you you won't see him ever at any point battling with regular human-sized people like it would just be really awkward, <laughs> and so maybe that's why that was done. I don't know. I, I'm talking out of my rear end at this point, but yeah, Snoke. I, pff, I, I could really care less about this guy. One interesting quote was when he said, "If I had your uncle by my side instead of you, the galaxy would have been mine a long time oh, ago." Yeah, that was yeah. How could we forget that? That was a great line. Now, is that more reverence for Luke, or is that twisting the knife for Kylo? I think he's just being manipulative towards Kylo. Like, sure, he respects Luke, but I feel like the main goal in saying that is is to, like you said, twist the knife. Yeah, like this guy that you hate, because Kylo thinks Luke is weak. Kylo has no respect for Luke anymore. And here's Snoke thinking that you th- you think Luke is strong and powerful and respect respectable? Like, what? So, yeah, I think that's it's probably more to mess with Kylo's head. But, yeah, yeah. A, a good issue. I am, again, it's, it's, I don't know how much we learned about Snoke, but I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad that I checked out this issue. It was it was a good read. And again, like these two issues, they, they really do just reiterate stuff that we've seen in in episodes 7 and 8 but it's done really effectively and right i'm not super familiar with tom taylor's work but i based on this these two issues alone i do hope he gets more more to do in star wars oh yeah they were really really good absolutely uh and that is it everybody that brings us to the end of episode 192 we're done we made it <laughs> Alright, so if you guys out there, if you want to be part of the podcast, send in your questions, your thoughts to tumblingsaber at gmail.com. We'll be glad to answer your emails on the show. If you've got any questions for any of the comics or books, uh, we're gonna 
we'll, we'll gather those questions and uh, we'll tackle them. Michelle, Marie, myself, we will we will hit on those questions. Uh, if you want to help us out, you can share the podcast with your friends and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'll re- read those reviews on the show. And a shout out to Rob Wade of Talk Star Wars and Emotionally 14 uh, for endorsing this episode of Tumbling Saber and all episodes as part of the E14 Endorsed Program, which you can learn more about and all the other great podcasts part of the program at Emotionally14.com. And also be sure to check out our friends at the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. And we're all getting really excited for what is going to be an absolute avalanche of Star Wars content in the next couple of months. It's really exciting times to be a Star Wars fan. So exciting. It's all going to be happening sooner than we think. So check it out. StarWarsCommonwealth.com is our base on the web. Or you can check us out on Apple Podcasts as a podcast provider. So with all that out of the way, Marie, tell us where we can find you on social media. You can find me at Alia Morgan on Twitter. And I do a variety of different articles on beyondtheblastdoors.com. And I have my own review blog where I review everything from reference books to comics to children's books and adult novels um, at the starwarsreview.blogspot.com excellent everybody should be checking out what marie is putting out there great great content and michelle where can people find you uh you can find me on twitter and instagram at tediously underscore brief and you can find me on facebook uh michelle grandine and you can also find my bookstagram and book blog and all things uh, fandom related will be over at uh, on Instagram at Traveling Book Nerds. That's all one word. And if you're interested in book stuff, you can find me on Goodreads at Michelle Grandine. You should do that. Michelle is killing it with, with content. And myself, you can find me at Tumbling Saber on Twitter and on Instagram, as well as in our closed Facebook group, Tumbling Saber Facebook group. You can let your Star Wars flag fly. So come join us there. And that's going to do it, everybody. Episode 192 is done. We'll catch up with you again next week in episode 193. And until then, have a great week, and may the Force be with you. Static draws me closer to your place Willing me through my dreams Fall away Signs Blindly To the lines on your face Beating Strong Drifting, not relive this dream over and over and over again. Please don't leave my heart broken, bleeding. Don't believe it. Breathing
If only to see you next to me Sleeping Soundly Smiling Not really Running away, darling. Please don't. 